Steph Curry. Steve Nash. Steph Curry. Steve Nash. Steph Curry. Steve Nash. They the rush the other way out. by the Nash. Oh, oh, a what a pass. Make that shot after you get that kind of stuff from Steve Nash. You can't miss that one. On this episode of NBA Now and Then, The Greatest Comparisons, we compare two special point guards who impacted the league beyond our wildest imagination. Nobody, and we mean nobody, shot the ball the way this player does. Their games took the NBA to new heights. When he played, he pushed the pace faster than any team in the league. Seven seconds or less. With such skill, it makes them incomparable to players in their own era. Proving doubters wrong was just part of their journey. On the way to the Hall of Fame. We are proud to present to you Steph Curry and Steve Nash. I'm Uriah. I'm Maurice. I'm Lucas. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk NBA. Now and then. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You may not know this, but Ben, Lucas, Maurice, and I, we took about a month off from recording. We are thrilled to be back with you. I wanted to give everybody some quick updates since we launched on December 9th. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from people about what we're doing. I'm proud to announce that NBA Now and Then has secured its first advertising partnership with a sports betting company. Now, more to come on that later. Our social media following has grown exponentially on Twitter X, some nice growth on IG, YouTube, and TikTok. Shout out to Winston, who does a great job, along with Maurice, handling our social media. In the midst of all this, we started doing polls about each team around the league. That's doing great. Be on the lookout for these daily. That being said, Maurice, Lucas, Ben, how do you guys feel about being back back together with these comparisons? Lucas? I definitely missed you guys. That's for sure. Ben? Yeah, I, it's it's been nice because um, watching basketball, the players we've been talking about, watching their games, so it's been kind of nice. about you, Maurice? Yeah, some of the players we focused on so far, some of the um, the now players looking good in the league right now. Yep. Shout out SGA. Oh, man. Having a, <laughs> having a really good season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching this year, I'm like, oh, we need to talk about that guy. A lot of great comparisons coming up. I know Lucas and I, we were talking about expanding our into a category. We'll get into that later. But let's get to the comparison. Why are we talking about these players? Two amazing guards. Let's go with Lucas first. Why are we talking Steph Curry and Steve Nash? I think the easy thing is that you can look at is that they both revolutionize how the game is played. Nash with his pace and Curry with the shooting. Maurice? Yeah, for me, both smaller guards, both are really good facilitators. Nash is more known for his passing, but Steph is also a really good passer. You know, we kind of forget that when we talk about the shooting, but really good facilitator as well. Yeah, and Ben? Both went to college at smaller schools, uh, overlooked in the draft. People didn't think they were athletic. Their careers are basically off of hard work, and so uh, not necessarily athleticism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the whole idea of these two guys revolutionizing things during their era, the passing, being overlooked, underestimated, Ben, like you were alluding to. I, I definitely have to mention the shooting aspect because both of these guys, no matter where they were on the floor, 
course, Curry had a little more range to his game, but amazing shooters. First quarter, background. All right, it's time to talk about Chef Curry, a.k.a. the Human Torch, a.k.a. Threesis. But before he took on those nicknames, he was born. Wait a minute. Does anybody know Steph Curry's real name? Isn't, isn't it Walden? Walden? Wardell, right? It's Wardell. 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 Yeah. Waldo? Waldo I, Curry? I, look, I don't, I don't know for sure. You were sure. close. No. That's, he, I, yeah. I was like, in no starts with a W. He's named actually, right? Yeah. He's a junior, right? Guess yeah. what, Ben? I did not know that. I always, really? I just thought his name was Stephen Curry. I didn't know it was Wardell. So, so yeah, he was born Wardell Stephen Curry II to Dell and Sonia Curry, March 14, 1988, in Akron, Ohio. Another famous basketball player from there. Anyway, Steph has a brother, Seth, who plays for the Mavs. He still plays for the Mavs, right? Yeah, he does. Okay. And he has a sister named Sid. His dad, Dell, was a star at Virginia Tech, and he went on to play 16 seasons in the NBA for five different teams. Does anyone know what Dell Curry's job is now since he retired? I do know. He's a color analyst for the Hornets, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Good job. Maurice always has his uh, thumb on the pulse of NBA retired players. So his mother was a standout. His mom was actually an athlete too. I know Ben loves to hear like what players have. Yeah, I didn't know athletes. that. It's a good, good, yeah. uh, good one, Maurice. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Sonia, she was a standout at Virginia Tech. She played volleyball. Growing up, Steph Curry was pretty good at other sports. In addition to basketball, he played volleyball and soccer in middle school. One other interesting thing about his childhood is that he remembers the first time that he knew. He was going to play pro ball over under the year or age that Curry realized he wanted to play in the NBA. I'll go with five years old. Maurice, over under. Under. Lucas? Over. Ben? Under. All right. Lucas, you are correct. Yay. <laughs> so, I said under two. <laughs> no, no, no. It's No, you said under. I said over. He said over. over. He's, oh, Ben said over? Yeah, Ben said over. Lucas said under. No, wait a minute. Wait, I'm getting confused. No, no, no. I said, I said over. You two okay. said under. That's exactly what it was. So there we go. According to Steph Curry, and he was quoted in the article that I read, he realized he wanted to play in the NBA when he was six. I'll actually read it from here. This is from Steph Curry. He wrote, uh, I think he did a, a contribution to a magazine. I think it was ESPN. I can't remember. But anyway, he said, that moment for me, when I knew basketball was going to be my life, I was six years old, playing in a rec league in North Carolina. And I was probably in front of 15 people in the stands. There was a two-on-one fast break. I had the ball. The defender came over to guard me. And instead of like making a normal chest pass or bounce pass or a regular layup, I jumped in the air and did this 360 behind the back pass. It was right on target, and my teammate laid it up. And all 15 fans in the crowd went crazy. So that's the story of when Steph Curry realized he wanted to be a pro. Now let's fast forward to middle school. As an adolescent, Curry's dad signed with the Raptors, and the family lived in Canada. Kind of like another player we're comparing to, another Canadian. But while in eighth grade, Steph Curry was already becoming a sniper over under. The amount of points that Steph Curry averaged in eighth grade, over under 40 points. 
Wow. I feel like you're trying the trick, because I'm just going to say under. (laughs) Okay, Ben. Uh, Under. Maurice? I want to say under. If it was more than four, I think we would have known about it. Okay. All right. Well, you guys are. Oh, what? what? (laughs) Steph Curry averaged 50 points. Oh, come on. Wow. And I got it from this book right here. NBA 75 by Dave Zarum. I was reading that. I was like, what? Who averages 50 when they're in middle school? He was always (laughs) overlooked. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? I'm glad I tricked you. I did try to trick you, Lucas, but you went the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems too outrageous to be real. It does. It does. So let's go to high school. His freshman year, Steph admitted in an interview with the Charlotte Observer that in high school, as a freshman, he said, I was a skinny, scrawny kid on every team that I played on. I was a late bloomer. My freshman year, I was about five foot nine at best, 150 pounds. Steph Curry played three years for the Charlotte Christian School. He led the Knights to three consecutive titles and three appearances in the state playoffs. Steph Curry was named to the all-conference, all-state teams his junior and senior years. I have a million dollars for anyone that can correctly guess Steph Curry's high school jersey number. Uh, Since we're the parents, so 13. I'm going to go three. I mean, he wore 30 in college and in the pros, so I'm going to go with 30. Keep it simple. The answer is he wore number 20. So, oh. yeah, that's hard to come by. So I, I would have thought what Lucas said, which is 30. But I wore number 20 in high school, just saying. You wore number 20? Yeah. Okay. Number. All right. Yeah. So what stands out to you about Steph Curry growing up? Let's go with Maurice first. For me, and, and you could easily just go on YouTube. There's a lot. There was a commercial I remember of uh, Steph with his father. It was a Burger King commercial. I saw Anybody that. Anybody remember that? I do. I I heard about it after the fact, but yeah. Steph was very visible as a kid early on because you know mostly because his dad was a player. I remember there was an All Star game too when Steph was on the court and um, he wore. I think his dad was playing with the Hornets at the time, so he wore the Hornets jersey. And yeah. then he brought that back a couple years ago where he wore the Hornets jersey on the sideline. I thought that was pretty cool. But once again, we're talking about a player whose father has NBA or professional experience. And um, as we always, as we talked about before, that goes a long way in the maturation and in the growth of a player when you know you have that in your home. Absolutely. Lucas, what about you? Just the the way that he dominated in middle and high school, I get that he was short, but I'm surprised he didn't get uh, more college, you know, interest. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Just the because he's kind of the first like Clay Thompson, the first wave of like um, sons of NBA players that we've mm-hmm. seen. It's just such an interesting like upbringing, and and, and it, he's kind of the first. I think the first guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. That that came from that, and we see it so often now. And it makes sense. Like you, you're around the best trainers. You're around a professional athlete who's raising you. So, all right. So you guys mentioned the whole thing about him being overlooked. Let's talk about his journey going into college. So Steph was not recruited, and I say that again, not recruited by big schools like UNC or Duke. Even though he's from the Charlotte area, right? You would think they would at least give him a, a, a look. Uh, his first recruitment letter was actually from Colgate which he said he opened the letter and he read it while he was in geography class as a junior. Kind of reminds me of what we talked about, Kobe. 
uh, he opened his college letter uh, while he was in class. So we know that he would go to Davidson during his sophomore campaign in 0708. He led Davidson to the Elite Eight as a number 10 seed. In 2008-2009, he led the entire nation in scoring as a junior, 28.6 points in 34 games. He scored 2,635 points over three years with the Wildcats and is the school's all-time leading scorer. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. The 6'3 junior guard out of Davidson quite simply is the best shooter in the draft. He's going to have to improve his decision-making a little bit with the ball in his hands, and his shot selection has got to get a little bit better. He's got really deep range. It goes beyond NBA range. What do you guys remember about his career at Davidson? Let's go with Ben first. Uh, the sophomore year, the Elite Eight, I think right. we all remember that. That was just like, um, that's the game where LeBron was on the sidelines. And he was just like must-watch TV. And I think that team was actually pretty decent. They were well-coached. And I remember just like really rooting for them. That, they were the kind of the first, I mean, we see a lot of upsets now, but they were the first like... Uh, they almost made the Final Four. Um, they beat a lot of top-ranked teams. I think they beat Kentucky that year. And, yeah, he just, like, he, he had, I think he had a 40-point game. And he just was – that's what you saw. And I thought he was going to leave uh, for the NBA after that. So it was that, that Elite Eight, and they almost made the Final Four. And you're like, who the hell is Davidson? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was – he was really exciting to watch. It's kind of what we see yeah. now. It's it's when you first saw um, Steph Curry. So I yeah. remember that Elite Eight. That was a special run. Lucas, what do you remember from that Davidson team? I remember thinking to myself, and I'm I'm in middle school, beginning to high school at this point. I keep on telling myself back then that it's like he can't be a point guard. He doesn't have enough playmaking, so he has to be a shooting guard. But he's only he's only like six. What what is he like six three? Six three, yeah. Yeah, six three. He can't really be a shooting guard. So, will he actually make it in the NBA? That that was my thought at the time. I was like, yeah. he's fun to watch, but like, can he actually do it? Doesn't he? Doesn't fit the mold of a conventional point guard? Because back then, you still thought of playmaking, right? As the primary role of point guard, not to score points. Yeah, Maurice. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Before that, I didn't know what I didn't know who Davidson was. Uh, <laughs> a lot I'm of like, people did. Yeah, what's Davidson? But uh, I, yeah, I, uh, going back to what uh, Ben was saying, you first started to see his shooting on display on a national scale. And is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? But it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter because he was just so dominant, even at a college level. You know, it would equate to the NBA. It took a couple of years, but it did it equate to the NBA. Yeah, I, I I agree, especially with what Lucas was saying about the whole idea of like his size, but the conventional role that he should play being a distributor. But in the end, it all worked out in yeah. his favor because he, the hard work, dedication, good genes, good upbringing that, that helped mm-hmm. him take that leap to another I, level. Yeah. I think like his shooting, we'll get into that, but like there were a lot of guards in the early two thousands, like Juan Dixon who had like incredible undersized, like one oh, combo wow. guards that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just using him as an example, but like yeah. that didn't work out in the league. 
Right. And I think people mm-hmm. put uh, Steph in that category, but they didn't realize how elite of a shooter he was. Like how it, that would that would transcend like everything else. Now I will say this: Steph's college run made me hopeful for Jimmer Fredette when he was in college as an yeah. NBA player, <laughs> but not the same, obviously. Yeah. He's from Duke, right? Fredette? No, Jimmer uh, uh, played uh, yeah. BYU. BYU. Yeah. Okay. All right, we just got finished talking about Steph Curry. Now let's talk about MV Steve, a.k.a. two-time, a.k.a. Nashty. Didn't know about that. But before he got those nicknames, he was born Stephen John Nash on February 7th, 1974 in Johannesburg, South Africa. His dad played semi-pro soccer, and Jean, his mother, she played netball. I have no idea. what Anybody know what netball is? No, no clue. No, not a clue. We we'll have to. We we'll have to look. Sounds like afterwards. pickleball, but like weirder. <laughs> South African pickleball. Yeah. Maybe. Nash's family immigrated to Canada because his parents did not want him growing up in the apartheid system in South Africa. His younger brother Martin played pro soccer, and his sister played in college. When he was five years old, Steve Nash started playing soccer himself, along with hockey, lacrosse, and chess. True or false? Steve Nash, as a kid, made an opponent cry after beating him in chess. That sounds true. It's it's so out of out of nowhere. I'm just gonna say true. Okay. <laughs> well, it is actually true. So, in his own way, though, he began playing chess again, but on the basketball court in sixth grade. Steve Nash wrote a book report, or he wrote a report entitled "Me," where he explained that he wanted to become a pro athlete. Steve Nash would shoot hundreds of free throws on the junior high school basketball court behind his house. Growing up, guys, another trivia, which two NBA stars did Steve Nash have posters hanging on his wall? Here's your hint. They're both 90s players. Lucas. Well, one of them has to be MJ. That's one. The other one, this is going to be tricky. (sighs) Who's a playmaker in the 90s? Well, let's see. He was he got drafted in what year? Ninety six. Yeah. And you said they were nineties players. Yeah, or late eighties. There's your John Stockton. Nope. Uh, Maurice. Mm. Magic. Nope, not Magic. Ben, you're the last hope. Any Hardaway. No, the answer is Isaiah Thomas. Oh, okay. Makes yeah. sense. I was a little surprised too, but yeah, I just imagine Steve Nash having Jordan and Isaiah on the wall. The irony of that nowadays, right? Right. <laughs> so, so here's some crazy details about his career, his high school career. Nash almost averaged a triple double as a senior in high school 21 points, 11 assists, nine boards. He even played pickup games with the Canadian national team as a junior in high school. His brother described Nash as intense, saying that the future Hall of Fame player dribbled a ball to school and even played between classes. All right. Any thoughts on Nash in his upbringing or his high school career, Ben? I mean, I know he's from Canada. I think he's from British Columbia, which is where Vancouver is. So probably back then, not as heavily recruited as now. So that's probably why he... um, Unlike unlike Steph, who was in a you know basketball heavy area, um, I'm not surprised Nash got overlooked and ended up kind of just taking 
probably not many people saw that, or or I don't think people even took Canada seriously back then. Yeah, uh, I think he was a little bit obsessed with basketball growing up, which is yeah. nothing wrong for these athletes. It just right. shows you how how obsessed he was with it. Oh yeah, Maurice. Once again, those athletic genes from the um, from his family, mother and father, and I don't know what his height was. But mm-hmm. averaging almost ten rebounds, uh, I would assume five tall, five eleven, six foot. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. It's that commitment, like Lucas was alluding to about being obsessed. That's sometimes that's how it works when people become great at what they do. They become so locked in on whatever their vision is that he'll stay out past his bedtime shooting free throws at the school behind his house. So there's no surprise and and makes sense now. Let's go to Steve Nash's college career. I know Ben mentioned how he was kind of under-recruited because being from Canada, there weren't many NBA players from Canada at that time. Ian Hyde Clay, which was Steve Nash's coach, he actually wrote letters to colleges trying to get him some recruitment attention but rejection was a common response. Nash is quoted in an NBA.com interview. It was frustrating because I was watching college basketball on TV all the time thinking that I could play with this guy and that guy, but that I could play at certain schools and no one would ever show any interest. Now, eventually Santa Clara offered him a spot on their team at Santa Clara. He played all four years his best year was his junior year, where he averaged almost 21 points, six and a half assists. Over under, we'll go at Lucas first. Career three-point percentage, over under Lucas, 40%. Over. Maurice? Over. Ben? Over. You are correct. He shot 40.1%. So, always a good shooter. And let's do another over-under. How about free throw percentage? Lucas, over-under 87%. Over. Ben? Under. Maurice? Over. Ben, you are correct. 86, wow. 86.7. Just off by a little bit. Had to pull a Lucas on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an interesting fact. As a freshman, he was a bench player who helped 15th-ranked Santa Clara in an upset win in the NCAA tournament, and they beat number two Arizona. I don't even remember that. In that game, Steve Nash knocked down six straight free throws in the final 31 seconds. Was that what year was it, his senior? It was his freshman year. So I guess 91, 92, something like that. Nash was the WCC Player of the Year, 95-96. He led his conference in scoring and assists his junior year which was first accomplished in that conference by John Stockton. After graduating with a degree in sociology, Steve Nash entered the 1996 NBA draft. With the 15th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select Steve Nash from the University of Santa Clara. Steve Nash... The first Bronco to go in the first round since when, you ask? 1969, Bud Ogden to Philadelphia. You remember that, Hubie. I sure do. (laughs) As a matter of fact, one of my dearest friends, Carl Williams, was an assistant coach back then. Let's go with Maurice first. What do you think about Steve Nash's college career? 
I don't remember much about it. I wasn't watching Santa Clara, but uh, really, oh man, I thought everybody oh. was watching Santa Clara. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, what I can see from highlights was he had an NBA ready game, as in, and I spoke about it earlier, facilitating passing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was that prototypical guard at that particular time in the NBA where you can plug him in and he'll get you a certain amount of assists. He'll keep the offense moving in the half court. Uh, he'll get other guys involved and he can make a jump shot. Kind of like a, a John Stockton. Yeah. Lucas, what about you? I mean, I guess I'm surprised he didn't transfer. Because, I mean, transferring was a thing back then. You could mm-hmm. do it. You just had to sit out a year. And I figured for a guy like Nash, after a couple teams had seen how well he played, that they would be open to having him go to a bigger program. But that just never happened for one reason or another. We don't know for sure why. That's a great point. I never thought of that. Ben, what about you? I guess I'm surprised that um, he didn't go enter the draft after his, you said his best statistical year was a junior year. Yeah. Because... Santa Clara is like a, you know, a smaller conference, but I think they play all the like California schools, most of them. So, and West Coast schools, which are, you know, like the UCLA's, the Berkeley's, the, um, so he probably would have played against like Jason Kidd in college and all the uh, UCLA, USC. So yeah, I'm a little surprised he stayed. Maybe he just really liked, you know, the college. I'm sure yeah. it's like a nice school. So and then, yeah, it is weird that, like, it's weird just thinking now, like, because he almost, he almost was a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So it's it's weird now thinking, like, guys staying four years. It's just, I think the only recent thing we've seen is the guy, um, the Heat uh, rookie, Jaime I mean, Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen recently where it's like, oh, yeah, like, some guys Tyrese should stay was like a, Tyrese Halliburton was a junior, I want to say. Or was it Obi Toppin? Obi was definitely a junior. Or he was like a transfer. He was a weird because he played. Um, he's in LaSalle's conference. So I would watch him. He was at Aiden, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in the A ten. Yeah. So I, I saw him in college a little bit. Yeah. So that I think that's just interesting to see. You know, yeah. you rarely see that. That would be my no. So my take is, I think the whole idea of him being a freshman and being put in a high pressure situation, NCAA tournament. Yeah, they were the 15th seed, and no one really expected them to beat Arizona. But I think being in that moment, there had to be pressure. But Nash, just like he did in his NBA career, was cool and calm under pressure. Just sank those free throws, no problem. Just really interesting. I didn't know a lot about his college career. And Ben, you mentioned players that he played against. There's actually a photograph of Nash driving against Stephon Marbury. I have no idea if it was a tournament game or what game but it was kind of cool to see those two guys going head to head second quarter statistics chance to tie it here for golden state curry's got it and curry will let it go for three comes up short offensive rebound curry again and curry hits a three tie game we have overtime in new orleans My goodness. Curry delivers. It is amazing. 
what Steph Curry can do with a basketball. Baseline, comes out left wing, behind the back, an ankle breaker on Chris Paul, and he knocked down the jumper. Paul fell down. Curry just floored him with that move. Takes it out under the basket and suddenly goes two times behind his back to leave Paul on the ground and then finishes it off. Curry knocks down the jump shot. This guy is something. Curry splits the defense behind the back, fires a three, oh, he puts it in! What a spectacular move! And it's the largest lead of the game. That could be the greatest move I've ever seen like. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I love looking at Steve Kerr's reaction after that move. I mean, you're shocked as a coach, as a fan, as a teammate. There's so much traffic. Then you make the shot, too. That's a special play by a special talent. Rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! So those were just some highlights of Steph Curry, and now we're going to get into the numbers here. So just some interesting numbers about Steph Curry. He's listed at 6'2 and 185 pounds. Uh, he's played with, with the Warriors all of his career, number 30 the whole time. Now the stats. Let's get into his best season. I'm going to give it his second MVP season when he averaged 30 points, led the league in free throw percentage, which which was not the only time, but I'll leave that for Ben a little bit. He also led the league that season in steals per game. Now, over under two steals per game that season, guys. I'll start with uh, Maurice. Over. Uriah? I'll go under. Ben? Over. Uriah, you are wrong. <laughs> You're incorrect. It was 2.1. He also averaged 5.5 rebounds, essentially 7 assists, while shooting 50% from the field, 45.5% from the three-point line, and 90. So this is one of the rare seasons that you see an NBA player shoot 50-40-90. And if I remember correctly, yep, this is his only season to do so. Mm. Which is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Now, I have another regular season stat for you guys. How many seasons did Steph Curry not shoot over at least 40% from the three-point line? How many seasons did he not shoot over 40%? From the three-point line, yes. Oh, that's hard. Uh, out of all the years he's played, I'm going to say just twice. Maurice? Four. Ben? I'm going to say just one. Ben, you are correct. It was just once, and it was during that rebuilding year in the 2021-22 season when he averaged 25 points. He shot 38%. Outside of that, he never shot below 41% from the three-point line. That's crazy. And he has a career three-point percentage of 42.7. Wow. That's amazing. That being said, that's good. 50 is impressive given his shot selection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, let me ask you guys this. Let's go to career highs here. Over under 60 as a career high. I'll start with Ben this time. Under. Under. Maurice? You want to say under? Uriah? I'll go under. Y'all wrong! (laughs) Y'all wrong! Okay. He's he had a career high of 62 in the 2021-22 season. Hit at least 50 points as a career high during a regular season. One, two, three, four, five, six times. At least once during each one of those seasons. It could right. have been more. Mm. Uh, that that being said, 
He also has a career high, 14 rebounds. Career high appears to be 15 assists. He's tied a career high twice in steal, at least twice in steals with seven. And blocks, he is actually this current season that he has a career high in blocks in, which is three. Can anybody tell me what season he averaged the most points per game? Give you a hint. It's within the last five years. I'm going to say the season he scored 62. So what was that, the 21-22 season? Yeah, it was the year they didn't make the playoffs, I remember. Yeah. It was the 2021 season, 32 points per game. Oh, that was a year off. Dang. So, that being said, I'm going to start with Uriah here. Uriah, what are your some of your takeaways from these stats? Yeah, I think that the 50-40-90 club that he's a member of is just a testament to his work ethic. Also. Yeah, you go back to his childhood. One thing I forgot to mention is that up to the age of 11, he had spent, he had shot thousands of shots on an NBA court. There's a lot of footage, like Ben mentioned, of him being in the stadium with his dad pregame, postgame. Just being in that that element became natural to him. There's no pressure. There's no fear. And then you add to that good genes, good work ethic, extreme focus. So for his shooting numbers to be 50, 40, 90 is, is remarkable. Hmm. Maurice? Yeah, to reiterate on that, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Steph shooting because he's the greatest shooter of all time. But I don't know if people remember, but his dad was a really good shooter too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a marksman, as they call it back in the day. So for Steph to not only have those genes, like you're still where you're right, say, but have those genes, but to – to know and, and and practice on a real NBA court for that long since since, since a child, man, it was uh, everything was in the making for him to be not only be one of the best but the best shooter. It was only a matter and, of time. And think of the pickup games with his brother. Yeah, Seth, his brother's like, a great shooter I mean, too. <laughs> those pick yeah. that those family driveway games has been intense. <laughs> I still hear they are intense. I remember uh, hearing they? a Seth Curry interview where Seth said that they still get go to the driveway. And you can argue that in terms of percentage, Seth is a better shooter. In terms of pure percentage. I, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he is Steph. actually top five in all-time three-point percentage right now, I think. Last time I checked. But that was a few years ago when he was on the Sixers, so I'm, I'm not sure now, but... I suspect I that that still holds true. Seth Seth takes better quality three point shots, but mm-hmm. S- Steph is just a clearly better shooter. Well, I, I'll yeah, also and, yeah, and you have a one number one option versus like whatever Seth. He, he's a role career. player, but yeah. Real yeah. quick, fun fact: Seth Curry went before he went to Duke. His Steph's brother Seth went to the college that I, in the same town that I work in, Liberty University. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's just a little fun fact there. Oh, what a pass. There is Steve Nash. Vintage Steve Nash. Dolphin came up with a rebound. Nash on the move. Beautiful pass. What a pass from Nash to Finley. That was a thing of beauty. 
Steve Nash made that one. Nine seconds to shoot it. Now Nash behind a Cliff Robinson screen. Pulls back. Now drives. In underneath. Reverse. Good. Oh, going away from the hoop. Nash dissecting the defense. Ten to shoot. Bradley again. Nice job, Steve Nash. Nice playmaking by Nash is right, and Bradley is the beneficiary. Spinning, twirling, scoring, Steve Nash. He is some player. He is some basketball player. So those were just some Steve Nash highlights. With Nash, he is listed at 6'3", 195 pounds, so barely different from, you know, not, not that much different in terms of size. He's worn number 13 all but for one team that he's played for. Does anybody want to tell me what team he did not wear number 13 for? Lakers. I say Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, I already knew that because Will Chamberlain's 13. 13, yeah. The Lakers retired so many players. With Nash, so the numbers here, I'm going to take a little bit controversial take here. His best seasons was neither one of his MVP seasons. His best season was the season after his second MVP season. So he was with Phoenix. Yeah, when he was with Phoenix. Yes, the second statement with Phoenix. Now, he won his his first MVP with his first season back with Phoenix and the second season back. Now, his first season as an MVP, I'll just give you the big counting stats here. I'm not going to get into the detail stats, but first MVP season, he averaged 15, 15 and a half, 11 and a half, shot uh, 50, 43, 88. His second MVP with the, with the Suns, he actually did join the 50, 40, 90 club. He averaged 18 points, 10 and a half assists. Third season with the Suns. Now, this is the season back with the Suns. This is the one that I'm going to say is the best season for Steve Nash, despite it not being an MVP season. And I get the league giving him that second MVP now because I'm looking at it. It's 50, 40, 90. Yeah. That's a rare. Yeah. So. He averaged 18.6 points, 11.5 assists. He averaged 3.5 rebounds and less than a half steal and a half block per game. Turnovers-wise, 3.8. But shooting-wise, 53% from the field, which is better than either one of his MVP seasons. I know I don't usually point this out, but he led the league in effective field goal percentage that year which is higher than either one of those. Now, he uh, he was only 0.1% away from hitting the 50-40-90 club that season at 89.9%. Oh, man. Round so, up in that case. <laughs> yeah. So that is why I will say neither one of his MVP seasons were his best season, but the season after his second MVP season was his best season. So let me ask you guys, career high in scoring, over under 45 points. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Ben? Under. You're right. You are incorrect. What? <laughs> okay. All right. It is 42 it is. as a career high. You're getting crickets now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting crickets. Okay. <laughs> you well, make me feel bad. I will say this I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself, You're right. Okay. Over right. under. 21 assists as a career high. Over, baby. Over. I think we all want to agree. Over. Yes. Over. Yeah. There you go. It's 22 assists. Pretty close, okay. though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He he reached 22 assists back in the 05-06 season. 
So lines up with the MV, second MVP season. He also has a career high 13 rebounds, five steals, two blocks, and 10 turnovers. He hit 10 turnovers three times in his career. The 0405, so the first MVP season, the 0607 season, and the 08, I mean 0708 season. So now that we've gone through that, real quick before I go, before I do that, I do want to look at the all time stats now because, of course, and I forgot to mention this in this Curry one, but Curry leads the NBA in all time three pointers made now, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why I didn't mention that during the Curry that that was like the easiest one. But in terms of assist all time, I'll ask you guys this. Where do you think is Steve Cat is Steve Nash in the top five of assist of all time in the NBA? I'll start with Uriah. All time? All time in the NBA. Top five. Top five. I don't think so. I'm gonna say no. Ben? No. Maurice. Yes. Maurice is correct. What? He is fifth all time. Oh, really? You got to tell us time. who's. You got to tell us who's who's in that list. Okay. Now, uh, hang on. I'm gonna have to divert. Oh, no, no, never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. It's no. okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I don't mind. Just a guess. So, you know. Um, I want to say, uh, Stockton, LeBron. Yep. yep. LeBron's um, fourth. Stockton's one. Magic. Magic. Not Magic. What? Ooh. Magic is seventh. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is second. Yeah. Okay. That's that's it. Oh, no, wait. No, you're There's missing third. number three. I know who it is. Isaiah Dude. Thomas. No. I don't think you guys will get Assist? this one. Assist? Will Chamberlain. It... Will Chamberlain. No, 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 no. <laughs> if I give you the hint, hint. it's going to be too easy. <laughs> what decade? Which decade? He's played a multiple. I mean, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? No. Chris no. Paul. Oh, CP. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should have okay. got that one. I should have yeah, got that yeah. one. <laughs> Chris Paul, yes. LeBron James just – he probably passed him within the past year, honestly, because he's about 300 ahead of Nash. Wow. Uh, 323 ahead of Nash right now. I don't think Chris Paul is going to reach – It's. I don't think Chris Paul is going to reach Kid and, uh, Jason Kidd and definitely not Stockton. No, Stockton no is it's untouchable. No one's touching. No one's yeah. touching Stockton. No. Stockton has uh, 15,806. Wow. And right now, Chris Paul, the, the highest active leader, is at 11,727. Okay. Yeah, so he, uh, there's an outside chance he can catch Steve, uh, Jason Kidd, but I don't think so. Interesting. Oh, that is very interesting. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> so... If I'm looking at this correctly, and I think I am, who has a higher three-point career three-point percentage, Steph or Steve Nash? I say I'm Nash. Say, I'm going to say Nash. Nash, because he wasn't a number one offensive option. Uh, yes, no. it is Nash, but it's only by 0.1%. Oh, okay. Nash is shooting, has, had shot 42.8% and... Curry's at 42.7%. Yeah. And there is only one, two, three, four seasons that's that Nash shot, shot under 40% from the three point line. Cool. And so, what's crazy about that, and I, go ahead, go ahead, you can finish. 
No, you're good. I was just going to ask you guys now. What's your opinion? Yeah, about go this? ahead and go ahead and ask us. So yeah, can, what's what's your you opinion know. about all this? The, the yeah, the I stats mean, here. the three point percentage is crazy because Steve Nash played in a time where you weren't shooting threes at a high volume. So if you play, he wasn't. I mean, Not but if you put Nash in the, in the current generation of the NBA, what does that look like? Is he is he mm. a much better? Is he proclaimed to be one of the best shooters of all time, or mm. does his scoring averages go balloon up? From I, I think they balloon up. I I think I heard somewhere that he wished one thing that he wished he changed about his career was that he he was more aggressive as a scorer. What was his career scoring average again? Fourteen point three. Yeah, that could have easily been 21, 22 in yeah. today's game. Yeah. yeah, his skill set would have been – I mean, it, it, they were playing kind of a modern uh, basketball, that this Phoenix Suns team. You so. know, a few, a few years ago, I remember hearing about the, the Suns' pace of play back then versus that. Now, this is like before 2020, so I want to say like 2018, 2019. That, that season, those Suns would have been ranked in the bottom five in pace. Which is crazy if you think about it. Yeah, that's crazy because that was the Dan Tony seven seconds or less offense, right? Absolutely, yeah. Wow, and that was his role. That was his role because who he had on who he had on his team. They they were meant to get up and run and, and get into the fast we'll, break. We'll get into team with with yeah. Maurice. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ben. What I, I talked over you. What were you going to say about the stats? No, I was just saying his numbers would be. Oh, like you wanted me to comment on like what stood out. Yeah. Um I mean the efficiency is really impressive. You you with with smaller guards, it is hard to say kind of not not to jump into the teammates, but he did have I think his teammates are very underrated people. Don't realize how good Amari Sotomayor actually was, Sean Marion, and then they were really well coached. So I think his efficiency it it stands out, but not to um because he he was he was working in a system, but I think the thing you have to look at both guards if you're comparing the efficiency is that Steph's difficulty of shot. He's do- he's like the most doubled player, him or Joel, um, and he takes incredibly difficult contested shots. And I think Steve Nash was a second or third option most games, and so I don't think like. Um, not to not to disrespect it, but I think that that the efficiency police, let's say, <laughs> I I do think that, that you can't really compare those two. If that makes sense, I think the stat that Lucas said that stood out to me was the career high twenty three assists. Right, Lucas twenty three assists, assists. twenty two. Yeah. yeah, that for even any elite point guard that's ever stepped on an NBA court, it's one thing to get double digit assists. But once you break that 20, 20 assist mark, that means you're in a flow. That means you are you are dictating the flow of the offense. Your vision is on point. Now, I don't know who he played against, but once you get over 20 assists in the game, you, you join some elite company. So that's it wasn't just me. that he was in a flow. He got his teammates in right, a flow. Right. Because I I don't know if there's many other players that got much higher in a single season. I mean I know Scott Skiles did, right? But like Outside of Skiles, like, do we know anybody that's gotten much higher? Well, in our episodes, there is a couple that that we talked about. I think what, Isaiah what, Thomas, was it Magic, and Isaiah. It was definitely yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah had over twenty. Yeah. yeah, Isaiah had over twenty. Yeah, Magic said so over we twenty. We haven't we haven't done Magic yeah. yet. Yeah, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. 
there's a player currently that is consistently getting 20 assist games oh, yeah. on the Pacers. Oh, yeah. 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 We have to get yeah. him too. Yeah. But Maurice mentioned D'Antoni, and I remember researching for this, Lucas, and mm-hmm. the whole seven seconds or less. Once Steve Nash was put into that system, and that is what they were instructed to do day in and day out for every game, they really were the first team to play like small ball, other than the Golden State Warriors when you had yeah. TMC. But when you had Sean Marion at the four and Thottemeyer at the five, Nash was like, hey, let's go. Let's go out and run. So that system was perfect for what he brought to the Because, game. yeah, Sotomayor was a four on most other teams, and Sean right. was a three on most other teams. But in today's game, that would have been like – well, I mean, I don't know if Stoudemire would have held up defensively in today's game. But, like, Maybe. that still – like, Sean Marion, like, d- did a lot of stuff that, like, you would ask, like, a Draymond Green to do of a four nowadays. Right. Third quarter, accolades. I love playing basketball. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is something I've been doing since I was, what, mom and dad, too, with Fisher-Price goals. I mean, um, my grandma's here. She, We were talking about it yesterday. Um, she used to be my commentator. She used to be Bob Fitzgerald for me. Um, counting down the scores I hit a game winning shot or whatever and I'd stumble over and give her a high five and stuff like that so um, from that beginning to to be standing here in front of you today it's an incredible journey Um, a lot has gone into it a lot of great people that I've met along the way that have every bit of you know to do with that trophy um, as I do and I'm going to try to get through uh, obviously people that are here and um people that are watching that are, have been extremely significant in, in, in my journey. Um, but if obviously I don't get to you and you, you had a part in it, um, you know, please understand that um, this this hasn't sunk in at all. Um, I'm on cloud nine for sure. Obviously, we're in the middle of a playoff run and, and that's the most important thing. Uh, but today is a celebration for sure. And we want to be able to take the time to really appreciate what, what this means and that was Steph Curry accepting his one of his two MVP awards. He won, as we previously stated, two back-to-back MVPs, 2015 and the 2016 season. This guy's got quite the list, guys. All right, how many finals MVPs does Steph Curry have? I'm going to start off with Lucas. All right, you said one, Uriah? I say one. Maurice? It's one. Okay, it's one. We kind of all knew that. Steph Curry has won the same year he won the NBA All-Star Game MVP. He's won in 2022. How many All-NBA teams in total has Steph Curry been a part of? Let's start off with um, Maurice. So I want to say his first All-Star year was 2014, I want to say. Maybe a year off, but uh, I want to say eight. Okay. Uriah? I'm going to say nine. All right, Lucas. All-NBA. All-NBA? All right, let's see. He started dominating in 2014-15. You got to take out one year for the injury, one year for the bad team. So I'm going to say eight. It is nine. Uh, you were right. There was one year when he was hurt. He got in despite having that terrible team? Okay. He did get in with a terrible team, yeah. Because I think he, he, that's the year he still led the league in in scoring. So he kind of was like a one-man show. 
Yeah, nine. He had four All NBA first teams: 2015, 16, 2019, 2021, and four All NBA second teams, which he recently accepted in 2014, 2017, 2022, 2023, and All NBA third team in 2018. He was the 2010 NBA All-Rookie First Team. He did not win Rookie of the Year that year. And how many scoring titles has Steph Curry won? Start off with Lucas. I think you should save me for last because I know the answer. (laughs) All right, Uriah. I appreciate your honesty, Lucas. Mm. It's, 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 I appreciate it's, it's, that. It's being humble and giving my fellow co-hosts a chance. I wouldn't. To... I wouldn't have done that. I'd be like, <laughs> I would just took all the credit. That's just me. But <laughs> I'm gonna say, wait, scoring titles. Scoring titles. I'm gonna say one. Okay, Maurice. Two. All right, Lucas. Two. Ghosts. All right. All right, Lucas and Maurice. You're correct. Unlike Lucas, I didn't know that. That was just <laughs> basketball knowledge. That takes well, qu- he led the league twice in scoring. <laughs> what's that's interesting just, about this that. is what's interesting about his scoring. So there's a five year gap between these, which is you don't you don't typically see too much. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, that is. I odd. can tell you why it happened. What? Oh, he was on that horrible team. He was on that that. A guy named uh, Kevin Durant, I think, was taking touches away from him. Well, that, so. no, I'm talking about the year that after he came back from his injury, the team was like still tanking. He didn't play. Yeah, that I, it's interesting you said that because I didn't until you mentioned. I agree with that, Lucas. But also the so what happened in between 2016 and 2021? There was a player there through those years that. So I think I think Kevin Durant took away points. All right. He is a two-time NBA three-point contest champion, 2015 and 2021. Um, has he, he, as someone stated, he did lead the NBA in steals in 2016. Also in that MVP year, he was in the 50-40-90 club, as we stated. So in that 2016, that was the unanimous one, right? He was... Yeah, I think so. I believe so, yeah. He was the NBA scoring champion, NBA steals leader, 50-40-90 club, and All-NBA first team. And that was the 70... Was that the 73-9 team in the 2016 season, guys? Yeah, it was. That was the team that lost to the Cavs in the finals. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So he he has some... Um, that was a big year for him. Unanimous for a reason. Yeah. Unanimous. This is something I thought was odd. Was he part of... This? So I was trying to look this up. He wasn't part of an Olympic team, was he? No, he has not been a part of an Olympic team yet, though he has said that he wants to be in the next Olympics as of now. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, so so that's something that on his resume, he's been part of a FIBA World Cup team in yeah, 20, yes, yeah. 2010 and 2014, but he's he's actually not been hmm. uh, on the Olympic team. I that's thought he would have been on, on some of those. Um, I thought he would have been on that 2016 or 2020 team. Well, I think the uh, 2020 team, he was still recovering from injury. And I think the 2016 team, they had just come off a finals win. So I can yeah. understand him not wanting to play that. Yeah. yeah. He's probably run down from yeah. that season. All right. I We kind of all know this one. Um, this is kind of what separates him from Nash with this comparison is the playoff accolades. Yeah. How many times has Steph Curry won an NBA championship? I think we all know this. I don't – I think it's – 
I was gonna say five, five or four. It's it's four. It's four. It's four. It's four. It's four. Okay. okay. And he is four out of six, right? Yeah, four out of four six. out of six. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big, it's a big Twitter battle. He lost to um, the Cavs and Raptors. Yeah, no one's being that Raptors team. 2015, 2017, 2018, and then twenty twenty two, which was the big surprise year. Um, and that's the year he won NBA Finals MVP. So, so Steph Curry is also a, a pretty nice guy, as we know, really humble. So he is the 2011 NBA Sportsmanship Award. The recent recipient of the NBA Social Justice Champion Award in 2023. Really? Okay. Yep. Is he part of the 75th anniversary team? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he has to be. And uh, 2015, the AP Athlete of the Year, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 2022. Yeah, I mean, this guy... How many times did he lead the league in free throw percentage? I think he wasn't he the lead leaguer for that like five or six times. I think Ah. so. That's what I was looking at with his stats here. Because when you look at their stats, you can see when they led the league because they're bolded. Nash did it twice, and Steph did it four times. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Steph did it four times. Yeah. It was a rarity when Steph missed a, uh, a free throw. Yeah. It was rarity. So he has a, he has a he has a record, Lucas. I don't. Know, you probably saw this. He does have the NBA record for the highest free throw percentage over his yeah. career. Yeah, with a minimum of twelve hundred attempts, um, at ninety one percent. So he mm. he does ninety point nine percent. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, <laughs> and then obviously he um he is the all time three point three pointers made. Yeah, but that's it. That's um that's stuff. Like I said, we kind of already know him. He's mm. uh. One of the greats, so... I got a question. Yeah. Do we foresee anyone breaking his three-point record? I don't think no. Clay's going to do it. No, no, no. I'm talking no. about like, no, no. the next generation think, or two. I think someone can, just because of the way the game is played today. You just have to find the right player who has that same shooting touch. I think... Well, there was a season that James Harden actually made more threes in a single season than Steph. Right. So right. it's not Harden's unheard not going to break it. He's no, gonna, no, no. How, he's not going to take Guards like Halliburton... He, James Harden is going to be number two when it's all said and done. Do you think he's I, going to be number yeah. two? Yeah, he will. Okay, be. He well, will we're be. getting off topic. Yeah. Yeah. I, but Maurice, I think I don't think they will because I think Steph, because of his durability, will. I think we're we're seeing he's he's going to enter his not number one option part of his career, and I think he'll have like I think he'll play till forty personally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's thirty five right yeah. now. He has yeah, yeah, bare yeah. minimum. Assuming health here, he has at least three. Year three, yeah. four years, he'll, right? He'll pair, he'll pair up yeah, with still like in his prime, right? Younger players soon, I yeah. think. I yeah. think that record's going to be so far ahead, just like LeBron in the points. I don't think no yeah. one's going to touch it. All right, what do you guys think? What stands out? I'm going to start with uh, Lucas. What stands out to you of these accolades? Anything? I mean, I think my my reaction to the you know social social justice one was the one that surprised me the most. I guess. I didn't really think of him as like a, you know, spokesperson for social justice, in my opinion. I mean, he's a great guy. I have no problems. I'm not trying to diminish his character, but I just, I didn't see him as like that type of leader, I guess. I don't know. Kind of like standoffish like Jordan was, like yeah, just he was trying a, to stay middle of the road. He's a lot more reserved. He's a lot yeah. more reserved. Right, right. Yeah, he, he is more private too. Uriah, what, what sends out for you? Yeah, it's so, it's too easy to go after the shooting and MVPs and all that. What you said, Ben, I did not know this. I didn't know he led the league in steals. 
And I'm not, and I don't think that that is going to elevate him to this all-time defender because I don't know if he's ever made an all-defensive team. But it kind of reminds me of Iverson. Iverson was always leading the league in steals, like maybe three, four years, whatever. But not a great defender. He's too small. So Curry, quick hands, deflections, and I guess that season he he out outstole. Is that even a word? Outstole others. He just he just led the league in steals. I didn't. Yeah, know. he he plays good team defense stuff. He's yeah. locked in with like the team whatever zone Always they're running. Defender. He knows like what he's his his abilities. I would say. Right. And then he and he has bulked up, so that's helped. Um, Maurice, what stands up for you? Well, when it talk when it when, it, when we talk about Steph Curry's greatness, that last championship of twenty twenty two really solidified it for me and for yeah. a lot of people, especially winning yeah. the MVP of the the finals as well. I think this is this is might be a bold take, but this is the first time we've done a comparison when the now player might be greater than the thin player. Right. I don't even think that's a debate. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Steve Nash is great in his own right, but I don't think we really delved into the innovation of Steph Curry and how he changed the game. He, he from, changes the play that middle schoolers play now. Yeah, he did change the game. He changed the game in a way where if you took a long two-point shot, everybody's saying that's a bad shot. Why are you taking mm-hmm. that shot? He changed the game for a position, the centers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't be a well, center now and not yeah. shoot. I, I don't know if that's true, but... Well, you let can't me, I'll be just say NBA that... center and not shoot No, basketball. I'm not saying that's, that that's not true. I'm, I'm not saying that you can't be an NBA center without doing that now. I'm just saying I don't think that was... I actually give that credit to Chris Bosh, but... So another, I think that another debate for another. I think the I, thing, I, Maurice, that you were saying about the whole comparison then to now, where Curry is is better than Nash, this comparison really is not about who's better. Let me let me let me kind of go back on that one now, and I'll say the impact Steph made now is more mm. significant than the impact Steve Nash right. had. Okay, in his yeah, that, that that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes. I sense. get that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair because like that only impacted how. NBA teams played and not even immediately. Right. Like it wasn't really until LeBron's Miami heat really took that off because mm-hmm. like at, it was just, yeah. At, at, at all levels of basketball, they're being taught to play the game a little bit differently because of Steph. And yeah. in that right, he's one of the more innovative players ever in the game, maybe yeah. in all the sports. They're, they're kind of like, I think Steve Nash kind of started the player of kind of like a Steph career, James Harden. I think like the 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 way that Phoenix Suns team played with how they used Nash is kind of the type of guard we have today. In in Steph Curry, James Harden, I mean you're seeing it with like Tyrese Halliburton a little bit, that fast-paced guard who can shoot really well and pass really well, but yeah, I think um it would have been nice to see Nash uh, a couple years as like just like a one A would have been nice to see. I, I would have loved to see those numbers just to just to have like a twenty and like thirteen year or something. Like it would have been nice for to, for him to get that. I know he won the MVPs, but yeah, he could yeah. have done it. But like someone said exactly. earlier, he wished he had been more aggressive. So yeah. I was uh, I was never ever supposed to be here. That's that's uh, for sure. It's incredible feeling to walk up those stairs um 
You know, you got Nelly off of Maui, and you got both of us in a coat. So this is a, this is a big, big, big night. So um, first, I'd, I'd like to thank the Hall. This is uh, an incredible part of our game to be curating and reliving the history of the game. It's a beautiful part of sharing what the foundations of this game are and what these generations of kids coming behind the generation before them get to know about our beautiful game. To go into the hall with this class is incredible. Grant Hill, one of my favorite teammates of all time and an incredible basketball player. Ray Allen, in the same draft, competed against each other our whole career to watch you set records and win championships. An incredible honor for me to go in with you. Jason Kidd is only a year older than me, but I looked up to him the whole way. We go back to college, working out in summers and playing against each other, and then following his career in the NBA, and to play with him and to go in the Hall of Fame with him is incredible. So thank all of you. The re of course. The rest of our class is so diverse and done so many things for the game of basketball. Uh, it's, it's a privilege. to I, I could go on about each of them and how much they amaze me for the things they've accomplished. So I'll just say it's a real honor to go in with all of you guys. So that is Steve Nash accepting his Hall of Fame award. One thing I would like to add about both these guys is uh, Steve Nash and Steph Curry are one of only, I think it's 16 players the list because it keeps growing and it might continue to grow if Embiid wins another one this year um, to win more than one MVP. So not many guys have won more than one MVP. So just a shout out both these guys to do to win multiple MVPs is very hard. There's all sorts of narratives around it. And, you know, we're, we're actually in an era where we're seeing it now with Giannis, Jokic and Embiid. Um, so, yeah, I think one of only 16, I believe, players yeah. to win multiple MVPs. So, yeah. yeah, we've already established he's won two MVPs, also back-to-back, -back, so very similar to Steph. Uh, he won it in the 2005-2006 season. Just thinking about the guard play in 2005-2006, we've said this on pods before, that is prime Kobe Bryant. I believe that is the year Kobe scored 81 points. Uh, he also led the league in scoring, averaging over 35 one of those years. How many All-Star games has Steve Nash been a part of i'm gonna start off with lucas i believe it's eight maurice seven and you're right might be i'm gonna go with lucas because he has this little smile on his face like, yeah lucas is lucas knew that um, <laughs> i'm i wasn't a hundred percent sure because i didn't he, really look plus at he it. used to cover the suns so, so he has the, a lot I, of knowledge I'm, about this. Thing. I was thinking that too i'm like he's known a lot about nash so i was wondering if it had to do with this working for the suns all right, so yes, eight. Uriah and Lucas, congratulations. Um, <laughs> 2002, 2003, three years in a row, 2005, 2008, 2010, and 2012. And I don't think they all were with the um, – No, I think he mixed weren't. it up a little bit. One might have been with the Lakers. One might have been with the Mavs. No, he never had it with the Lakers. Never had it? When was that 2012 one? He was still on the Suns then? No, yeah, he was still on the Suns. He uh, got the – he has two with the Mavs, two. and then the other the other uh, six are with the uh, Suns. 
All right, so we got an eight eight time all star. So he didn't really remember this guy is part of that suit. He, he uh, Nash is part of they consider the best draft of all time, the '96 draft with obviously Kobe Bryant, Iverson. So he didn't actually make the All Star team till his seventh year, hmm. sixth seventh year. Now there That's was a lot. There I was a lot. Yeah, yeah. There was a lockout season. So this guy is a very interesting career, similar to Steph in the way that. Once they arrived, they arrived because mm-hmm. um, Steph was uh, in the 09 draft and he didn't make his first all-star game till 2014. So Nash was a little bit later. Yeah. So once these guys kind of, I think, figured out where they fit in the NBA with, again, their their high IQ, their small stature, they weren't the most, most athletic guys. So once they figured it out, they really dominated. How many all-NBA teams has Nash been a part of? Ooh. I'm going to start off with Uriah. You mean first, second, and third team? Let's mix it up. How many first teams, Uriah? First teams being the best point guard in the league? Uh, He won two MVPs, so I'm just going to say twice because he won two MVPs. Maurice? Four. Lucas? I'll be the happy middle and say three. All right, Lucas won again. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That was a guess because I said the two MVP seasons plus his third season afterwards, which I don't even know if he made it that third season after the two MVPs, but like, yeah. And it was three years in a row. So it was 2005 to 2007. He's a part of seven All-NBA teams. Second team in uh, 2008-2010 third team in 2002-2003. This was a stat I did not think. Uh, this is where he is quite a bit better than Mr. Curry. Hmm. Uh, the assist leader. Oh, yeah. How oh, many yeah. assists le- how many times has this guy led the assist? This is like approaching John Stockton territory, by the way. So, let's start off with Maurice. How many seasons has he led the league in assists? Yes. Uh, I want to say nine. Uriah. Hold on, I'm, I'm pulling up his stats right now. Uh, he led. Are you are you doing a Lucas? <laughs> Look, I already he had. I had to led, do it. You don't have an excuse to do it. He led the league uh, five times in assists. Yes, it's yeah. five times. Yeah, yeah, it's five times. Yeah. Five. Yep. 2005, 2007, 2010, 2011. All right, and then. He was a part of the 50-40-90 club. This actually might be the most impressive stat. I mean, I think it is. Four times. Was it really so four times? Four times. Wow. And Curry, and, th- and Curry only had it once? Yeah. 50, Curry 49? only had it once. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not many. Yeah. So four Good. times, 2006, and then three time, three years in a row, 28 to 2010. Yeah, because uh, Curry only shot 50% that one season. Yeah, for Curry, it's the 50% that's hard to get, which if you watch any of his games, you understand why. Again, Nash, I don't know if you want to call it a playoff underachiever or just kind of bad luck with roster construction. Um, I, I think that that suspension with the Spurs. In yeah, that, they were going to, they were on a roll. If if those guys don't get suspended and like Stoudemire couldn't play that one game five and I think Boris Diaw, I think mm-hmm. they beat the Spurs. Yeah. Debatable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good take. That's a good take. Yeah, so he he had some bad luck with with teammates because his not, his playoff numbers aren't bad. Yeah, um, in, in injury injuries as well too. Yeah, I think Amari yeah. missed the whole season. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he had bad luck with teammates. Is is kind of what it seemed like because he, he obviously they, had and a then good the, coach. The Suns' front front office decided, hey, let's put Shaq in there. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. weird. That was a weird addition. Yeah, poor I draft. I remember. Um, I remember that trade. That was a weird one. So he he he's been retired a minute. So he, he's had his number retired by the Phoenix Suns, and then he is a part of the NBA seventy fifth anniversary team. He represents Canada, as we've said before. So he is a two-time FIBA AmeriCup MVP in 1999 and 2003. There's all sorts of like unusual, and this must be Canadian, the Lionel Connacher Award. Um, I think that's like Canadian Athlete of the, War, of that's, the Year. Uh, that's the best hair award. Best hair Best hair award. did have the best, except for the bald. <laughs> do you guys remember Bald Nash? I do not. He shaved his head when he was on the Mavs. Okay. Yeah, that's right. He All rocked right. that hair. Yeah. Did, Nash, did Nash ever play in the Olympics? So I don't that's think Canada question. made it. Yeah. Oh. I don't so think he rep- qualified. So I, the reason why I say that, Maurice, so we see like SGA and Jamal Murray now, but no, I don't, they didn't have a squad back then. So um, FIBA, he, he is a, he, he was a part of the FIBA American Cup in 99, in 2001. And then he was on the national teams. In his youth, but no, he never. I don't think Canada ever made when he was playing. So no, he he never was in the Olympics. All right, and that's that's Nash. Um, you already did his college stuff. I think uh, I just had to give a shout out. Jalen Williams also went to Santa Clara to give that shout out. Um, Wait, saying wings, Jalen Williams or center Jalen Williams? The better one, the the, no, the wings. wings. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he went to Santa Clara. Okay, um, good for him. All right, what do you guys think of this? What stands out? You're right. You go. So uh, the highlights for Nash, I watched a whole bunch of them last night, and he was so fun to watch. Curry's fun to watch, too, especially when he's shooting long-range threes. But Nash, I'll be honest, might have been a more complete player. And because you brought up Ben and we're creating distinctions here, uh, he might just be an overall better shooter because 50, 40, 90, four years. I did not know that. Curry did it once. As far as long range, I'm sure if Nash had been shooting like that, he might have been just just as good from three-point land in terms of those long range. It's debatable. But I, I think Nash, I think the one thing that stands out to me, other than the fact that he won back-to-back MVPs, is the fact of leading the league in assists, which I think I brought up. I think I mentioned that. Because uh, I'm just locked into my basketball knowledge, like Maurice. Uh, when especially right. when I'm looking at my, especially when I'm looking at my phone right in front of you guys. <laughs> uh, so, but no, quite honestly, another thing that distinguishes Nash from Curry is Nash was double digit assist. So that's you can't you can't ignore the greatness of a distributor and an outstanding playmaker. So that's, that's what I take away. Yeah, that's a good take. And then uh, Lucas mentioned he almost had it a fifth year. Or right. it was Curry. Yeah. But, but Nash has always kind of almost had it too. No, right. it was, it was Nash that almost had it the yeah. fifth year after so his second five. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a point, uh, one points away percentage wise. Crazy. Yeah. All right, Lucas, um, what stands out? I mean, for me, I mean, look, Curry had the unanimous MVP, and you could argue 
that Steve Nash had the most controversial MVPs. I'm going to leave it as that. Let the viewers decide. But I think that in terms of MVP voting, that you could say that Nash's MVPs were the most controversial at the time. And you brought it up with Kobe's season and everything. So that's what I'll say to that. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's just the players he won it over were also in their prime. And even Shaq. I think that one Shaq here. Yeah. Uh, Maurice, uh, what stands out to you? We've talked about 50, 40, 90, the whole, the whole podcast and this episode. And for me, and, and going back to where Uriah said, I think, I, I think it's more debatable about who's a better shooter, but efficiency wise, the more efficient players got to be Steve Nash efficient yeah. and the offense benefited him so much. Now, Steph has a great offense around him as well, but that fast-paced offense by D'Antoni, it suited his, his his Steve Nash style play so well. He just went up and down the court. He dished off, passed it to the players, some high-flying athletic teammates to finish off plays, and he had shooters on the wings as well. Um, Did you imagine Steph Curry and D'Antoni's system? That's interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. hypothetical, yeah. right? Yeah. How yeah, about, I was, how about, I was... We talk about system here. You could argue that both players are system players. You could yeah, remember... sets puts them ahead of, uh, a little ahead of the pack, I would say. Yeah. Fair. Go ahead. Interesting to do uh, when we do coaches comparisons because obviously you can't talk D and Tony without obviously his development of James Harden. And so mm. he obviously started it off with Nash. So it's interesting. He almost has created like the modern. Insanity. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he's almost created the modern guard as we know it. Where he really did. Guard, I would say the modern point guard as right. we know it. That's a good point. Not, these, these, these guys have to shoot from three really, really, really well. The modern point guard, I would say. Playmaking guard yeah yeah because, yeah yeah because because like you, you i would say sorry i keep referencing this guy um but tyrese halliburton just just the way tyrese halliburton the way he plays is these guys we're talking about to like the nth degree fourth quarter teammates steph took a back seat for how long was KD there? Three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. I think Steph took a backseat every year. He did. I, I'm talking about stats wise. Yeah. Numbers rise, attempts right. wise. <laughs> Clay was getting more shots. Clay, Clay told you, man, I ain't sacrificing for nobody. <laughs> but Clay is gonna be Clay, and we love Clay. But I, Steph was that one that sacrificed the most. Mm-hmm. You know, how many more threes would he have if KD didn't come along? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know. And the plus we got you guys blowing in everybody out. Just imagine who you playing. I mean, Steph would play like 30 minutes a night. Exactly. Exactly, and, and no one talks about, you know, he, he never complained, never had an issue, never talked about his brand. You know, his brand probably possibly could have took a hit. Right. You know, he wasn't quite selling as many shoes. Right. You know what I mean? And and, and he just kept it all in stride because I think he just knew the, the bigger picture, man. When you win, everything else is going to come how it's supposed to come. All right. Steph Curry drafted in the 2009 NBA draft. Uriah played that clip earlier, and... In the clip, there was a lot of groans in the in the audience because the Knicks had to pick after us. And to this day, there's so many rumors that the Knicks was more than likely going to take Steph Curry with that Knicks pick. And boy, would that have changed the, the landscape of the NBA for the next 10 years. 
You know but, what's even crazier, Maurice, is the two picks before Curry was picked were the Timberwolves picks oh, yeah. that they yeah. drafted two point guards, Ricky Rubio, who just essentially retired, retired yeah. and then Johnny Flynn, who was out of the league in about four to five seasons. How do you draft two point guards back to back? That's crazy. It was a David Kahn <laughs> thing. David Kahn <laughs> is arguably one of the worst executives I've ever seen in the NBA. But that's yes, yeah, another a, debate for not a debate, yeah. but another a podcast for another time. Let's talk about Steph Curry's teammates when he came into the league. Now, when Steph was first drafted, they had another good guard, Monte Ellis. But I, I want to say after about two seasons, they had to make a pick between the two of them. They had to choose. Uh-huh. And it was kind of controversial because a lot of people thought Monte was the best player, the better player. And you tend to forget, Steph had a lot of ankle injuries early on in his career that derailed his career. And we thought maybe he might not be in the league a lot, a lot longer because it was a lot of recurring ankle injuries. But he did turn it around. And good for the Golden State Warriors because they would go on to, and I think we all can agree, form a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Do you all agree on that? Yeah. So Seth Curry's 2010 season, the Golden State Warriors had Monte Ellis. Do you remember Rodney Carney? I do remember Rodney Carney. Former <laughs> Sixer. Yeah. Former Sixer. Rodney Andre Carney. Beatrice was a center. I remember that. Was Al um, Harrington still on the team? No, Rodney Carney was a forward. No, he no, no. I'm saying Andre yeah, Beatrice was, was their center. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Yes, he was. was. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, who Brendan was, was Wright, Darrell Wright. David Lee, who had a who had a good career. David Lee um, was a yeah, part of that. He came in early. later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy Lin was actually on that t- 2010 team. Was he? He probably okay. was an end of the bench guy at that point. I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's from the that that was his first like that was his he was first there gig, before yeah. before Lin Sanity. Yeah, yeah. Because right? he's from he's from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Now we we haven't even spoke. I don't think we spoke his name yet on this podcast, but. If Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry, we can legitimately say that for a, a couple years there, Clay Thompson was just as good of a shooter. Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we can say that. By far, we can say that that is the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. All time. Uh, hands oh down. yeah, yeah. And Clay was such a great teammate because he played defense, mm-hmm. and he didn't need the ball. He was a mm-hmm. he prolific catch and shoot shooter. This is prime Clay Thompson now. As of this recording, he's kind of like towards the tail end of his prime. But prime Clay Thompson was elite. He was elite. Then they went on the draft in the second round. They got lucky, 35th pick. Draymond Green. A, a nice core right there. Really nice core. Now, I got a question for you guys. Draymond <laughs> Green has the most wins with Steph Curry. The 572. This is he too. Clay Thompson has the second most with 548. Yeah, okay. Who's Where third? Going? Andre Iguodala. Uh you must have you must have Lucas. No, no, it just makes sense. No, it just makes sense. Like that's too you should have asked us who the fourth one. Ask us who the fourth one is. Okay, Andre Iguodala was there for eight seasons, which is crazy because it seemed like he's had like two different careers. Yeah, really, uh, he really had, has. Yeah, three hundred and ninety wins. Okay. So who's, who's number four? I th- it's gonna be Looney. It's gotta be Looney. No, it's not Looney. Really? Nah, it can't be Looney. He's only is been there for Wiggins? Five, six years. Is it Wiggins? No, he's only been there for three years. I'm so going to it? take a best here, guess here. Is is it Andrew Bogut? It's Andrew Bogut, isn't it? Mm. What? No! You're all no, wrong. He's going to get a reset. 
Is it's Sean Livingston. Livingston. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. You forget Sean Livingston. Yeah. Sean Livingston had a good career after the injury. He became a solid role player after the injury, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that that was a hard one. Number four was pretty I mean, I was thinking Sean Livingston. I'm like, nah, let me go with let me go with Andrew Bogut. But the fact that we know one, two, and three just tells us how much of a great dynasty it was. And they were together for so long, too. It's really hard to keep great players together for that long in NBA nowadays. You know, yeah, everybody sure. comes on the contract, they want the most money, they go where the money is and it's hard to keep a core together. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And it was partially because when Steph Curry was on a really cheap extension for a long time. We can kind of roll on here because Steph played his whole career with one team. We kind of know the players. So let me just throw some names out there. Harrison Barnes. who yep. was, was a really good role player as well. Bogut. Uh, Richard Jefferson played on the 2012-2013 yep. season. Mm-hmm. Brandon Rush, you guys remember him? Yeah, I yes. remember. Bra- I yeah. liked Brandon Rush. He was a yeah. fun guy. He used to play for the Lakers, right? Maybe. Or no, I'm not sure. I'm thinking of, he, he Smush. A, I'm thinking of yeah. Smush Parker. Sorry, no, no Brandon Rush, Rush is a completely different guy. Yeah. He's a good. Right. He was a good three and D guy for before he got injured. David Jermaine West. O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. Wait, Jermaine yeah. O'Neal played for the. Oh Warriors? yeah, he did. Yeah. Did he get a he ring? Did. No, he didn't. Did he get a ring? No. Oh, okay. All right. Jermaine O'Neal was the 2013-14 season. Yeah, no, he didn't get a ring. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. James McAdoo. Just some role players. Some role mm-hmm. players that we may not have heard or forgotten about. Uh, Kevin Looney, Anderson Varejao. Like I said, these are all the Dynasty Warriors teams right here. So I'm just doing names. Matt Barnes. And then the 2017 season, Kevin Durant came in. You had you had guys like David West ring chasing. Uh, Nick Young was on the um, 2018 team. So we move on to after Durant, and you get to the 2021, 2022 seasons of the Warriors. You bring in the younger guys like James, like James Weissman. Andrew Wiggins was on that team. Jordan Poole started his career with the um, was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. So these are the guys that's currently in the NBA trying to make a name for themselves. Moody, Kaminga, guys like that. And, um, of course, DeMarcus Cousins was also a part of that Warriors team as well. You forgot somebody. That guy allowed them to get Andrew Wiggins. Do you know who they traded to get Andrew Wiggins? He's Go ahead and tell us. D'Angelo Russell. That's right. He did play. He did play with them for a season. Yeah, that was the player they got back for Kevin Durant. Right. Ah, you got me there. I've completely forgot about D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, that was a short step. They traded (laughs) him halfway through that first season. They did not (laughs) like him at all. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't work with that team. Um, I think the Warriors tried so hard to get another guard to make Steph the off guard, so he's Mm -hmm. available to shoot more and. It really didn't work with anyone. You're bringing you guys like Russell and um, and Ubre. Ubre wasn't really a guard guard. He's more of a no, swing he's, man. He's a forward, yeah. So after the Warriors dynasty, and, and as of this recording, they're kind of like a playing team now. So we can kind of say that dynasty period is over. Mm-hmm. Who was the most influential player besides Steph Curry on that dynasty team? Mm. You're right. And what do you mean by influential? Most impactful? Is that what you mean? Yeah, you could say impactful. Uh, 
well, can I say Kevin Durant? Yeah, anybody you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I just want to I want to go with KD simply because the clip that I played with Andre Iguodala bringing up the fact that Curry's numbers, I, I hate to use the word suffered, but they declined because KD came to that team and he was the ultimate 1A, 1B offensive threat. And then you still had Klay Thompson. But I think Kevin Durant taking those two finals MVPs, uh, I think he deserved them because he balled out against those teams in the finals. But I think other than Steph Curry, you have to go Kevin Durant as the second most impactful player when he was there. Well, yeah, without Durant, they might not have beaten the Houston Rockets. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Clay because KD was not on that 73-9 team. And I know they choked to, Le- I mean, LeBron turned into like Superman. Yeah. And, and Draymond missed game out. six, right? Didn't yeah, yeah suspended. Of, Talking about yeah. suspensions. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. another what if. Yeah. Yes, Kevin Durant added to it, and obviously they were like a super team, but I don't know, just the fact that like they drafted Steph and Clay kind of like later lottery, both guys. Mm-hmm. Splash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean the two of the greatest shooters of all time. So I think it's um Clay. I'm gonna go off the rails here, and I'm actually gonna say Draymond. And the reason why I say Draymond, first off, he was the reason why that quote-unquote depth lineup worked, right? The depth lineup. Also, with his playmaking, he allowed Steph and Clay to play off the ball, especially Steph. Yeah. Because before them, you know, before he was playing, Steph was the point guard he under Mark Jackson. And Steph was putting up numbers, but not the type of numbers that we're seeing now. Like, and now without Draymond, because he's suspended yet again, we're recording during the middle of the season. The, this episode during the middle of the season, the Warriors are struggling as a whole because yeah. he runs their offense. He is a point forward of that team, and he's a defensive anchor. And, you know, when he's not up to his antics, the heart and soul of the team. Yeah. And if we talk about when he got suspended from the, uh, that game six. They were on their way to win game five, and they probably would have closed out. But then, you know, he got suspended. And if he didn't get, sus- you know, kicked out of game five, you could argue that he would have gotten a Finals MVP that year. Yeah, yeah, that's so. a big, that's a big what if because mm-hmm. that seventy three win team, if they didn't collapse that three and and, and let go of that three one lead, that's five for Steph. Mm-hmm. And that puts and they him probably in a don't get sh- Kevin Durant either. That's a good point, but if that yeah, that's true, that's true. But it puts him in a stratosphere if he had five ranks for sure, definitely for sure. And I would go, I would go with uh, Draymond as well. I mean, from the facilitating to the defense and intimidation that he gives on on the, on the other end of the basketball court, uh, I think he's the most influential besides Steph. I mean, they won, won before he came there. They won after he came there. So, at the left. So, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I think we came a long way from those two brutal haircuts we saw there. You had... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the frosted tips you had. Uh, but, uh, you know, who would have thought when we first started to play together that we'll be on the stage together? That is, means the world to me, and you were a great role model to me and, 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 and the best teammate I ever had. So uh, you were always positive. You always encouraged me. We worked our butts off at night, went back to the gym, so, and, and you became a friend for life. So thank you, my friend. And that was Dirk at his Hall of Fame speech 
talking about Steve Nash. Yeah, I think from a talent standpoint, those two were the best teammates for each other. Wish it would have lasted longer in Dallas, though, but uh, yeah. it, it didn't work. But uh, back to Steve Nash, drafted in the 96 NBA draft. We definitely got to do an episode on that 96 oh, draft yeah. paired to something else, one of the other uh, great draft classes. But drafted in the 96 draft, uh, Steve Nash was drafted to the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, when I'm doing the research for this, I always ask myself, why wasn't Steve Nash more impactful early on in his career? Well, just looking at the roster, I can answer the question myself. He was behind three point guards. Yeah. And you, you ask, ask yourself, why did the Phoenix Suns draft another point guard? Their point guards were Jason Kidd, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Kevin Johnson, who mm-hmm. is not a Hall of Famer, but franchise a good, cornerstone. Yeah. And Sam Cassell. Oh, now, Sam, Sam Cassell was on that team? I forgot yes, about what? that. Sam Cassell was on that team. So he was really the fourth guard, point guard on that team. So you can kind of see why he didn't make a, a, a big impact. Danny Manny was on that Phoenix Suns team. Robert Ory was on that team. Michael Finley mm. was on that team. AC Green was on that team. Rex Chapman, Cedric Sabalos. Mm-hmm. That was a really good Phoenix Suns team in '96. Yeah, yeah. They were they, Barkley just left. They were only a couple of years, a year or two away from being like contenders. So yeah, this was the '96 '97 uh, Phoenix Suns. That's a really good roster. Really good roster. Now, the Phoenix Suns, they traded Steve Nash because he didn't get the opportunity to do anything on that team. So they traded Steve Nash to Dallas Mavericks for Martin Mersep, Bubba Wells, Pat Garrity, and a later I, draft pick that will become Sean Marion. All I know is there's a Bubba in there, and I had no idea <laughs> there was ever – a Bubba in the NBA. <laughs> wow, ain't that something? <laughs> so the Phoenix Suns traded Steve Nash, and they got a pick back that became Sean Marion, and eventually he would resign with the Phoenix Suns, and that would become one of their core players. So we move on to the Dallas Mavericks. Now the Dallas Mavericks were a really competitive basketball team. The o two o three Dallas Mavericks was sixty and twenty two. They were wow. second in the West. The 0203 Mavericks. I forget that the Mavericks was really that good. And and this is during the Kobe Shaq era yeah. in the West. And you still had Duncan rem- and Robson. I remember that because I think that was the time when Sacramento was really good too. So you had yeah. Jason, and Jason Williams and T-Wolves with mm-hmm. KG. That was a good era of basketball. It really was. That's right, because Michael. I'm looking that up. Michael Finley, and they had Ben Axel and LaFrance. Wow, that's yeah. right. That was a good team. Tom wow, yeah. was on that team, right? Yeah, yeah. I forgot the, they still the Finley. Mavericks. Yeah, Man, Nick Van Axel. No. Yeah, so they had Sean Bradley, Rajah Bell coming off the Sixers run, Michael Finley, future coach Adrian Griffin, Avery Johnson, Popeye Jones. That's the name right there. <laughs> Popeye. Rafe LaFriends, uh, Nick Van Axel, and of course, Steve Nash and, and Dirk Nowinski. Hmm. Now, this is, I got a question. This is a what if. If Steve Nash stayed with the Mavericks, would they have won a championship? I'll go first. Go ahead, Ryan. I think they could have. And the reason why is because when Dirk played and he won a championship, the point guard that they had was nowhere near as good as Steve Nash. Uh, was it J.J. Barea or was it 
Uh, are, you Jason the first, Terry. are you talking about the first time they made the finals in 06? No. Well, I guess, you know, that's a good point. Kidd the no, second no, no, time. The first time was, was Devin the Harris. Time. The second time was Devin Harris. Right, right. So I think Jason Kidd, yes, he was on that team. I think they won a championship. But oh. I think had Steve Nash stayed, I think they would have won a championship. I, I think, think Mark I, Cuban, I think they would have had a better chance against the uh, – Miami in 06 if they if they had Steve Nash. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to yeah. say that. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that would have yeah. been – they could have mm-hmm. beaten that team. I, yeah, Jason I Kidd was a point guard on that championship Mavericks team. Jason yeah. Kidd, uh, Jason Terry, and J.J. Barea. So, yeah, he, it was, they, they did okay. Yeah, interesting. Pulling a little – yeah, that's int- that's that's crazy that he left, um, he left Dirk Nowitzki. Wow, that is nuts. Well, because yeah. the Mavs didn't want to pay, pay, uh, yeah. pay him, and Mark Cuban says up to the state that that was the biggest mistake yep. of his his career yeah. as an owner. Huge mistake. I didn't realize there was a Jimmy Butler scandal before the Jimmy Butler scandal, so it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. when 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 Steve Nash was a free agent, remember he was thirty at that time. He was a little yeah. older. He was thirty. They didn't want to so, pay him the big money. Yeah, they didn't want to pay him the big money. So. Like I said, it was Phoenix Suns' benefit. He went right back to Phoenix. They had a brand new roster with and a coach that was ready to come in and implement an offense that benefited uh, Steve Nash's play style. Uh, Rajah Bell was on that Phoenix Suns. See, now I'm going to the I skip. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Go to the 0506 because that was Steve Nash's second MVP season, and they finished first in the Pacific Division with 54 wins. A very underrated player, Boris Diaw. Mm-hmm. I liked his game a lot. He was a versatile big that can go inside and outside. Kind of the archetype of players that we see now in the NBA yeah. at the center position. Eddie House, Brian Grant, Jim Jackson. Of course, his two best players on that team, Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion. Was Joe Johnson um, on that team? I said uh, was on... Jim Jackson. No, no, I said it was Joe Johnson on the team at that point. I think he's he later. was on the team before yeah. they traded him. Yeah, I he was he... on the team the year before? Yes, the year before. Okay. It was gotcha. the 0405 Joe Johnson was on it. Joe Johnson didn't really come into his own until when he got traded. In Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Me Atlanta. Let me throw a question at you guys. And I'm gonna ask the same question. Who had the most wins with Steve Nash? With with which team though? All together, all time, all time. time. I'm going to start this one with Lucas. This is tough. I'll give you the number. The number is 297. I'm going to give it to, I don't feel great about this, but I'm going to say Amari. Ben? Actually, no, 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 no. I take it back. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. you can take Roger Bell. All right. Because it's not him. No, I don't think it's going to be Amari because he left for New York. Sean Marion. (laughs) You're right. Rise on his phone. <laughs> I'm 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 looking it up real quick. <laughs> oh, why are you cheating? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was honestly gonna say I, I thought Lucas was gonna change his mind and say Sean Marion. I'm gonna agree with Ben. I'm gonna say Sean Marion. With 297 wins, the person who has the most wins with Steven Nash is Leonardo Barbosa. Really? Shut up. Wow. Shut up. There you go. Barbosa? Okay. Barbosa. Okay. I like Barbosa. And, and he was a good player, too. He was. Did nice... he play with Golden State? He played with point? Curry, too. Yes, yeah. Wow. He did. That's Curry interesting. Yeah. He did. I was going to mention that. That's the, the connection between the two of them. So let's move on to the 
I think we move on to the Lakers. The 2012 Lakers. <laughs> ben shaking his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's one more him. shout out to a former Suns teammate of his, Channing Fry. Channing Fry? Okay. Yep, Channing mm-hmm. Fry. So Steve Nash joins via sign and trade the 2012 2013 Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is after their two championships. They tried to keep the ball rolling, bring in a good point guard to help Kobe. It didn't work, though. <laughs> it no, didn't work. It didn't all. work. Sadly, it didn't work. Steve Nash, he joined a really good team. Another uh, now and then featured player, Metal War Peace, Antoine Jameson, Jody Meeks. That's the name you ever heard in a while. Jody Meeks, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Paul Gasol. Uh, backup point guard Steve Blake. I remember Steve Blake. Steve Blake was was a dangerous dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he was also coached by Dan Tony there too, wasn't he? Was he on the Phoenix? I'm, I think he was on Dan Tony for the Lakers. For the Lakers. Yeah, for the yeah. Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh yes, um, Dan Tony was the coach of the Lakers. I'm sorry, pardon me. I'm thinking he played for the um, the Phoenix Suns. And his last season, which was the 2013-2014 season. Also with the Lakers, roster didn't change much. Actually, it did change. They got rid of um, Metal War Peace. Didn't Dwight leave too? Yeah, Dwight left too. So they had guys like, and this was not a good roster. They had guys like Chris Kamen, Kendall Marshall, Nick Young was on that team, Marshawn Mm -hmm. Brooks, Kent Bazemore. Yeah, that was the end of the. Hey, that was Nick Young the, played with both Nash and yep, he did. Curry. He did. There you go. Yep, yep. So it was a couple of players. It was a couple of players. Yeah, so that's it for Steve Nash, and that was the end of his career. Would have nice to have seen him go out with a ring, but uh, still a legendary career in the song without a ring. This episode reminds me of the Dominique Wilkins and Kevin Durant episode, where teammates, I think Maurice's segment really shows you how drafting and the right management moves, bringing in certain players to complement your best player really goes a long way. Because yes, Steph Curry is legendary for all the reasons we stated. He revolutionized the game. Middle school teams, like Lucas said, they have kids shooting three-pointers now. But Steve Nash, had he had a Clay Thompson for 10 years, had he had a Draymond Green for the extended period of time that he had, had he had a, a Steve Kerr type of coach with all that experience, maybe Nash does walk away with a championship. But like you guys mentioned, I think Lucas said, uh, Mark Cuban, had he just paid Nash, maybe they would he would have gotten a chip. So He certainly, he certainly had the money. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a big what if, but if I do believe they would have won two championships, at least if Nash and Dirk stayed together. That would have been a great a one-two combo. Uh, international, if you could say one-two combo. Absolutely. It's important to mention that um, Sean Marion left in 2008, and then Stoudemire kind of shortly followed. So that that core it was together long enough. But yeah, I think I think the big misstep was the um, was the Dirk Nowitzki one. Like they should have they should have figured that out because that, that that's such an amazing pairing. But. Yeah, it is. It is too bad to the Phoenix Suns, and it, you see it now. People just want more money. They want to be the guy, and so unfortunately, Steve Nash kind of, yeah, just didn't. I think that's a big reason why he didn't win a chip. Let me um, let me ask you guys this question: to end. If you swap Steph and and Steve Nash, 
do they careers parallel or let me let me rephrase that. Are they still the same caliber of superstar players? If Steph is on those Phoenix Suns Dan Tony teams and Steph is on that Warriors team and he wins championships, do we look at the two players the same? I don't look I don't know, man. That's that's a tough because like I said earlier, they are assist the to an extent they are system players and those Putting having uh, Steph Curry run the point as much as Steve did that that wouldn't have worked. Now maybe Steve could have done a better job, uh, done better in Curry Kerr's sister system, but it wouldn't have been the same either, just based off the sheer volume. I don't I don't know I don't know I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna make part, a decision on and, that. Yeah, part of their success is he's doubled the whole game, and Steve Nash doesn't have that luxury. Um, he's an incredible playmaker, but like Steph Curry his ability to make shots he's doubled so that the whole offense is centered around that and so you can't really say nash no no offense to nash he couldn't touch that he can't do that i don't know because if if steve nash had clay thompson and he had draymond green is he right but those guys excellence is is a lot large part due to their open because steph is doubled so much if that makes sense so i don't think nash has that that same skill set but I think because Nash is just as good of a three-point shooter, he still stretches the floor, and he's still yep. a threat. So maybe and the playmaking, yeah, his playmaking. I mean, geez, I mean, and but then Draymond doesn't become as effective because yep. he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not a good shooter. So maybe maybe they don't want to chip. But it's a good question. Now that we've set up the debate with all the facts on Steph Curry and Steve Nash. It's time for you to make your case. At this point, it's not about our opinions. It's about yours. We'll see you on your favorite social media platform, ready to check out your takes. Chime in on our Instagram at NBA underscore now and then underscore pod on Twitter X at NBA underscore now and then. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. Until next time, this has been NBA now and then. The greatest comparisons. Peace. Have a great day. Later. See you.